Egg Sausage Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. My name is Gigi Nabyar. The lovely lady over there is the Dapper Dame. And tonight we have one of our, well, the first of hopefully many, uh, our, our series that we talk about documentaries that we've listened to or not listened to maybe or watched either <laughs> one, but uh, but basically documentaries that we've found intriguing. And, uh, and tonight, uh, the inaugural one is going to be about the social dilemma, which is found on Netflix. If you guys don't know check it out but yeah we're gonna we're gonna deep dive and i am certainly excited for this episode because i've kind of touched on what this documentary documentary is about sure and uh and yeah are you are you excited for this episode i am because there's a lot of little things in this that like i have definitely fallen subject to um mm. It involves like my job working on Twitch, like everybody who uses social media is like affected by this in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that what this touches base on, like I've noticed for myself, it became more and more prevalent around the time of the last election. And okay. that's that for me was when I started taking social media in like a different light, basically and like looking and seeing why why are these things showing up in my feed now at this mm -hmm. time you know like people that had opposing views politically you know or socially than i had and they were like all of a sudden like popping up all over my news feed and like why why is this happening and so that's kind of like what the social dilemma is about it's about you know basically how these social platforms are trying to get you to engage with one another at any cost and also to bring you advertisements and other things. But I guess more so it, it, it more so focuses on engagement, right? I mean, wouldn't you say like getting you to like something to reply? Are you talking about social media in general or the social dilemma, the documentary, the documentary? Um, it's, it kind of touches on a lot of different subjects. So there is like pros and cons to social media and we already know the pros, which is like getting in contact with each other, sharing real time information, but it talks a lot about the cons and I've made like, like chronological notes because I'm a note taker when I watch these kinds of things. Um, so if you don't mind, I'll like touch on a couple of those. Yeah, please. So the first thing I wrote down, um, is like what does social media mean to us like where does it take place in our life um how high on a pedestal do we put it like for example like what is your most used like social media app i haven't looked to be honest with you have you like what my most used is yeah discord discord's my most used i see that though because you also use it on your computer as well right yeah, and I only looked at like my mobile screen time report and Discord was number one. Okay, also a question. Do you have an Apple or an Android-based phone? Apple. Okay, I believe I might get kicked in the butt by some of you, uh, some of you phone geeks out there, but I believe Android does not have an easy way to look at the app times. Oh, really? Where, whereas Apple iOS has like a very convenient way of like mapping it out. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, but if, if Android did have something like that, I 
have never cared to look at it because I feel like I've I've seen the things that that the social dilemma touches on. Mm-hmm. And so like I've sort of changed my view about social media and the way that I personally use it. Okay. So but we, we can get into that more. I feel like we can touch base later on like sure. how, you know. So what is your we, most uh, used platform if you have one? Mm, I'm going to have to say the most used platform where I engage is Facebook. Okay. But the most used passively would probably be Reddit. Okay. Um, yeah, there was I, a guy in that documentary that he said he had like a real problem like not being on Reddit all the time. Yeah, yeah. Reddit is certainly interesting because there's so many little like nooks and crannies of Reddit mm-hmm. where you can find subreddits that are just full of disinformation. Um, where it's literally just fake news everywhere and it's like a little like a cult it's like a cult within reddit and they're just like zombies following whatever whatever it is you know um whereas you can also go to subreddits on on reddit and be like holy shit i learned so much today or Mm -hmm. i saw you know i got my my there, there was like a problem that i had and i got it i got it answered on this really specific subreddit about baking that's you what know, I use Reddit for is like Q and A's. I'm just like, all right, somebody's had to have had this fucking problem before. Yeah. And I really like it for the passive, um, you know, way of, of gaining information, but also gaining information from different perspectives. Sure. So like if somebody does post something underneath like a trending, you know, something, an event that's happened, you know, that's in the news and, you know, there's, a team and b team and a team is saying all this and that and b team's like hey what about this and then you know there'll actually be like a long tailed discussion and Mm -hmm. sources posted um to you know either prove or disprove a, a, a perspective of a certain thing that's going on in the world and it's really refreshing um because debate yes whereas i feel like in most other platforms it's like yeah that's that just doesn't happen like especially like with twitter right like the way that twitter works you know there's only so many characters that you can put into a message Mm -hmm. so like it almost discourages long-form communication and that's why i personally feel that twitter is like the bane of just like bad social media platform even though as streamers like it can be very powerful so i uh, i try to view the character limit in like a different light it can be hindering when you have like a long-winded answer or more detail that you want to post that's when like threads come into play um but i i like the the character limit because a lot of people have a hard time getting to like the point of what they're talking about and that's like what Twitter forces you to do. It just like you cut out like the the intro and the outro and just give me like the meat of it, you know? I understand that. I think there's two sides to that coin, though, for sure. I mean, Definitely. if there's yeah, if there's something that you have to like explain in much detail or like mm-hmm. a feel or like a feeling that you have to like make a preface for of like why you feel said way or whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, I guess in certain 
I, there's like certain types of media that Twitter is maybe better for. Like maybe it's better for like short videos and like maybe a discuss. You know, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I feel like Instagram would have been the one that's like kind of the worst as far as like, you know, bringing like really short and like misinformed things to the platform. But I find like instagram is used in such a different way you don't really get like you don't ever get long-tailed discussions or like but you also don't get things that are like very questionable on instagram like you would it with, depends on with, how much time you spend on it instagram is my least used platform because of just how fucking toxic it is really in what corners um any like if you're following any like bigger social media accounts like you pretty much can't read past the description because the comments are just so fucking horrible like people talk about like the comments on youtube being bad but yes the, um but the ones on instagram are just as if not worse because really? it, it's only based off of like a single like image and there's like a lot of interpretation that people bring into it like with no context like you would yeah. get in like a youtube video so i don't it's, it's so bad and then the way that um instagram kind of works it favors different images you know like if you think instagram isn't scanning your photos to present them to different people like you're wrong so yeah, that's, that's things interesting. like like selfies and brands and things like that get pulled like further up the timeline and to the forefront whereas like you know regular living depending on your account you know isn't as uh isn't brought up as much and that's when like likes and things get affected hmm i that's interesting that we both have like different perspectives on instagram as a platform because i think maybe for me i've just like curated my instagram to follow people that aren't like super hokey um and not saying that you're following like hokey people or anything oh, I'm sure but, really like, fun. <laughs> but, but you know i mean like i will sort of like view an instagram account and be like okay like is this the person that's actually controlling this account or are they like paying someone to post stuff mm. uh, you know is this paid advertisement you know what are they saying if they do post just like a picture you know like do you ever look for editing in photos no i don't do I you do that all the time yeah really especially when people post selfies i look to see like the the telltale giveaways of like if you edit it or not huh see i like i would have never like thought like that like that would never cross my mind i don't a know lot of, <laughs> a lot of people use things like like facetune and they'll like pull out like more details in their eyes um mm. that way you look at those first you know obviously like blemishes teeth whitening things like that so or they'll put like a really a really grainy filter on it so that you don't see like things like skin texture and it gives them like a more like porcelain appearance so do you think that they that instagram probably looks at the people who are following these accounts and like sends them a certain type of ad it's like because they tend to I, I would think so like if you follow a lot of people who post a lot of selfies and like you're looking at those pictures for a long time or you like with like them or engage them they'll probably give you things like shampoo ads or acne commercials or things like that like 
maybe I'm sure it's like pooled from like like other data from other platforms, you know. Like, right. did, did you look at Sephora skincare today? If you did, oh, let's give you like an acne ad. Maybe you have like self-conscious things that we can poke at, you know? So I'm right. sure I, that it's it's pooled somehow. Yeah, like I'm thinking, you know, let's look at what they had pre-social media, right? So we had like mm -hmm. magazines. Look at like a Cosmopolitan or what's like another really popular like fashion, like, like new like trend. GQ. Yeah, yeah. Like those magazines have ads like that. And it's like, it's really no different on social media, except that it's ramped up. And right? it's targeted. So like they targeted. know what your insecurities are. Right, right. Because maybe you, you know, maybe you did make a tweet, you know, two weeks ago about, oh, man, I wish my acne wasn't so bad or, mm -hmm. you know, what, what, whatever along those lines, you know, of. And and if we ever like or at least for me, like if we use the word manipulation this episode, I kind of want to like just preface it by saying like we were it, the way that I mean, I don't know. I it, It's 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 an open ended word that I think that is a little harsh, maybe. But I feel like that the, the way that these social media platforms are performing these things is manipulation like it is a form of it. So uh, yeah, the only way I could think to phrase it is like heavy suggestion, you know, I think that's a little nicer. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, I mean, let's let's uh, well, what else did you have on your list there? I was going to say, like, let's maybe dive into like some of the the more like bigger scale stuff of like countrywide manipulation. But we can. OK, Um. so the next like like star bullet point or whatever that I wrote down was they made, they pulled up a quote um, in, in the social dilemma. And it says that the only companies that call their, their people um, users is software developers and people who sell illegal drugs. I thought that, that was a really, really interesting point because it, it touches on like addiction, you know? Yes. And I think that also follows along with the manipulation thing um, that that little excerpt to me was like the most poignant thing of the entire documentary. Like I had to think for a second. I'm like, am I addicted? It takes Probably. you, it <laughs> takes you back. Like it, it kind of like puts you back in your seat and makes you go, Hmm. Mm -hmm. It like, because the, the human is going to be the product in the end. You know, I mean, it's that was something I found super interesting about the whole thing was that they call us and our attention the product and like that yeah. they're, they're selling human futures because they can suggest that we take certain routes or buy certain things or maybe think a slightly different way. Um, yeah. And yeah. I wish I were more aware of. Am I different because I saw this one thing today? You know, yeah. Did it have like a long term effect, maybe somehow, or you know, did you bring it up in a conversation like weeks? Have you ever or... bought something from an ad? Uh, I have, I have actually. Me and too. As, I hate as, it. <laughs> well, yeah. So, like, as much as I say that, like, I kind of saw this coming in a way, mm -hmm. um, I still think even for me having that perspective i still probably get influenced you know at, at, in some way from sure. whatever algorithm whether that be 
you know, opposing views algorithm of Facebook or mm-hmm. the advertising that they bring me on my Instagram because my Instagram is like highly curated of shit that I like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, that, that actually, I think was the platform that got me was Instagram. It was same. The, actually, It was the disc plates. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, Ooh, I have yeah. like these little metal plates in the background right now. It's Mario, uh, on a cart, Mario Kart. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, they got me on like a, like some sale, you know, like a 30% off fall sale or whatever that yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And yeah, so that was a uh, good job display. You know, you did it. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> what was yours? Mine was nail care stuff. So because of like COVID in 2020, when I, I can't go to like salons or anything and get like my hair taken care of or like my nails done. So they're like, Oh my gosh, just try this. And I'm like, Holy shit. I heard of a friend who used something similar and they recommended it, but I never bought it. And now here's Mm. an ad that is perfectly placed and there's a coupon and I fucking bought it. So do you think that friend also saw an ad and they used the product? And I think they also it? got it from a recommendation, but I don't know if product placement made the purchase happen. Right, right. Because I guess there is a difference between placing the product and getting a recommendation, right? Because like you yeah. could be recommended X, Y, and Z all the time and never buy said thing. You know? Oh yeah, I get ads for like all kinds of stupid shit. Like right now, all my ads like on Twitch are like condoms and antidepressants. I'm like, I don't know what you think I need in my life, but it's not these. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Pretty soon they like start showing you alcohol like commercials like what is this like oh, god I'm spiraling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, we shouldn't laugh. We should be serious. This is serious <laughs> talk, people, okay? Don't worry. This is uh not alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see now that now that we're podcasting and now that you're you're listening to our episode get ready for condom and vodka ads. So you're welcome. Think of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh. I mean, I'm not going to say that I was upset about my purchase or anything. If they're really quality art prints, mm-hmm. um, this, this isn't a plug at all. We're not getting paid to talk about them, but Displate.com, nope. go check them out. You know, I mean, they're great. Did you, were, I mean, were you happy about your purchase? I was, I, there's only been one purchase I made off of an ad. Like I've only made two off of an ad. One was like this really cute um, dress, but the thing was, I saw the picture. I was like, oh my gosh, it's adorable. I bought it. And then when I got it, it was nothing like the ad. Um, So the ad showed, um, it was like a really pretty, like boho, like um, crazy print, colorful dress. And then when I got it, it was like, that like nylon stretchy spandexy material and it like had been like screen printed on there no. and it was almost like they took like a square tablecloth and cut a hole in the middle for like like a head and arms and then that was like the dress and i'm like what the fuck did i just buy oh no like yeah. i'm not into fashion but i just know that that's bad <laughs> and like i i went to like their site and i was like all right do they have like customer service at all no there's no form of contact or anything so like i went back to the ad and like um like typed out a complaint or whatever and they gave me my money back but they're like we don't need the dress back and i was like oh okay yeah so I wouldn't that, I don't want it either. <laughs> that's the type of business that you're running i see i see it clearly now mm-hmm. um 
my my favorite are the ones that they do an ad that's catered to the name of the person. So like mm. it'll take your last name and it'll be like, uh, you know, let's just say that we have the last name of, of Smith and it'll be like the Smiths are the best family, even though we're rowdy or like what, you know, some like like real like quirky saying, but they've targeted so hard that they like they get your last name and put it into like the ad the ad image you That's know have so you seen creepy. it no you i don't have that? my last name on my account so oh well then that's why that's why but yeah they'll they'll literally take your last name and like plug it into a shirt design it's like oh. something super hokey that you would find at like a at like disneyland or something you know like or like some amusement park you know that's like super i don't know and your name again engraved on whatever yeah yeah it's just like i don't know but people eat that stuff up. That's the problem. Like hmm. they, there's, there's some, like there's some, you know, 55 year old lady that's like perusing Facebook, you know, looking at cat videos. That's like, Oh, this, this shirt is so cute. And she, and she goes and clicks and buys it, you know, and, or, you know, like, I don't know. It's dude. I feel like ads are like, do you ever have like a, like an elderly person in your life that used to shop on like, what was it like HGTV or whatever the fuck it was? Where, my mom. <laughs> yeah, one of my grandmas would do the same, and she would buy like like cubic zirconium, whatever the fuck earrings, yeah. and yeah. send them along. Um, and I feel like now it's like slowly switching to like ads, like on Facebook and things like that, and that that's going to be like the next like HGTV for like certain people. I mean, it ex I think it already exists. It just depends Probably. on like on your, you know, like on your browsing, on your way that you engage. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's uh, it's it's all part of the suggestion algorithm. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't know why I'm getting these ads, but uh, I I guess I am. You know. I wonder if like you purchase something from an ad, if like they show you more purchasable ads because you've already fallen for it. You know, that would make sense. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I wouldn't see why not, you know, I, especially like if it's, you know, like, um, yeah, just like a certain like sale, like they probably yeah. just keep spamming you with the sale price over and over and over or whatever. Why is everything it may be. always on sale. Like <laughs> well, that's like, that's classic marketing, uh, is to like start everything off like in your store at a higher price and just always have a sale so it makes it seem mm. like you're getting a value but really after the msrp and then the discount that's the, what they were going to sell it at anyway you know just and they're still making a profit you know it's just like a classic marketing thing you know so they like actually, i'm sure go ahead i was gonna say i'm sure display like they always have sales going on and I'm always like, ooh, is this is this worth it? Is this worth it? Every single time. But then I'm like, oh, I see how they're I see how they make money. Like their their sale price would have been their regular price all along. But the way that they, you know, present it to be, mm -hmm. like that's that's how they do it. So uh when I worked at Target, I had a manager um tell us that you know how they always have like like Coke or something on sale, like cans of Coke. Target actually, like when they run those sales, they run it at a deficit, but they bank on you buying other things when you're in the store because they put it in like the back corner of the store. So they're uh, like, you're going to pack so many things in our store full of shit you don't need. You're going to grab something else. 
That makes total sense. I mean, that's kind of like how uh, Costco, I think, operates too. Like they operate on a net loss with their gasoline. So yeah. I, of course, love it because I drive for a living. But yeah. if I didn't drive for a living, if I was just going there to like fill up the old family suburban, you mm -hmm. know, and I was like, well, we do need dog food. Oh, shit. Okay, we do need paper towels. You're like right here already. And yeah, and now you're like $300 later, you know, at Costco. Because they got the samples in there and everything, too. They really get you. fed so you don't leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, so oh. another thing I wanted to talk about was um, likes versus worth because they brought that up in the social dilemma. Do you ever like post something somewhere or, I mean, Twitch gives you all kinds of numbers. Um, do you ever do something and you even subconsciously gauge it according to like interactive, no, in, inner engagement. There we go. Engagement. Yeah. Um, I have before and noticed that like, I, I kind of had to like do like some self-analyzing, some self-reflection and be like, Same. I'm, I'm kind of being gross right now. I'm like, I'm literally getting dopamine dumps for like each like on something. And I think it's easy to fall into that trap. I mean, you almost should fall into that trap if you are a content creator, though. Like, it is about the numbers in it's a lot of ways. It's such a tricky balance. And I think that's why a lot of content creators have, like, mental health swings. Oh, know? my God. Yes. Because, like, a huge part of your job is being on multiple platforms. And it's yes. hard not to gauge your content or very closely your own self-value according to likes and yes. views and things like that i look at it as like um people who are content creators that say really off the wall edgy shit mm -hmm. just to like get the ball rolling on getting their name out there like that's like a perfect example of like something that you don't truly believe but you're gonna say it anyway or do it anyway and i hate that like that's the way that you're gonna like you're gonna go viral right like that that creates mm -hmm. virality because i mean i think they even said it at one point in the documentary they were just like uh honesty doesn't sell like honesty and like purity don't sell uh edgy uh you know like edgy content uh what's the word that i'm looking for like potential controversial content sure um you know like clickbait uh articles and like oh videos oh god yeah perfect. david dobrik made millions off of that shit yeah perfect example of just like even even a clickbait headline mm -hmm. like the body of the article can be true or close to true all the way through sure. but as long as they have like a super catchy like but but a half truth like mm -hmm. headline then like nothing else matters you know um but yeah i mean there's so many people that like they yeah they want to stay true to themselves but they have to like morph their like their moral compass or maybe their character or whatever that may be to 
get ahead in the world of vlogging, the world of Twitch streaming, you know, whatever it may be. Like that's have that's you ever taken easy. something down because it didn't get enough likes or engagement? No, never. Never. I have. You have? What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There's <laughs> been like some like late night tweets or something like that where I'm feeling like particularly squishy in the brain and I tweet something and I'm like, you fucking dumb bitch. And then I take it down. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair but i mean i to me like that's me like here here it is you know so i i I guess there's maybe been like a you could probably dig in my facebook back from when it started Mm -hmm. and like find some like drunk status updates that were like super cringe yeah but like as far as like the past you know five years six years maybe even seven well, like, like, how long have I been on Facebook now? I don't even know. But, I mean, I've been pretty secure in, like, what I've put. I mean, and that's also just Facebook. See, the crazy thing about this is I've also, like, I just started using Twitter because of Twitch. Like, mm-hmm. I never saw a reason to use Twitter as a platform because I was already doing the same things on Facebook and Instagram that I was already going to be doing on Twitter. But it seems sure. like Twitter is sort of that force i i think it's i think it's the i think it's the most influential platform and i think a lot of people would agree it's so clickable that's the thing like compared to any other setup of any other site like you can have your videos on autoplay so like as soon as somebody Mm. scrolls past it it starts playing um So if you get somebody in the first couple seconds, you know, and you already have like in the description, like a link that someone can click to like to your Twitch account or something like that, like it just, it makes you so much easier to get to versus like Instagram where you can't post a fucking link in your description, you know? Yes, I completely. Yeah. That, that I think has held Instagram back so much. Yeah. You have to be Um, like link in bio and then you can only have one link. Otherwise people get confused. Right. And making people take that extra step to click your bio, like some people won't even do that. I almost never do. I do. I do. It depends on what it is, but almost never. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Like right now, there's a there's a local beer company doing a giveaway for like some really exclusive uh, bourbon barrel aged stout. and so like i i went to their bio i went to the link to their website like i'm i'm ready i'm like i'm I'm gonna win this i'm gonna win this that's another aspect that they didn't really talk about on the social dilemma is like contests and stuff that really keep you engaged to a certain platform because that is a way to like boost a platform for a company right like let's say that they're like lacking in instagram followers or Mm -hmm. You know, they want whatever, more, more tweet interactions, uh, do a giveaway on said social account and watch the numbers grow. Like it's a very simple recipe. Yeah. And- I know a couple of people who have done that. The thing is, it's, it's tricky because if, if it's a company and you're like a brand and you want to like pump those numbers, I get it because a lot of people will follow and then never fucking come back, but you still got their follow. Right. I have a hard time doing that as someone who is like a content creator, so to speak. I consider myself more to be like an entertainer, if anything. 
Yeah, but, it's different when you have like a brand of beer versus selling live content. Yeah, because right? I don't I don't necessarily want like fake inflation. Yeah, and I I think <laughs> selling live content that sounded weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true, You're, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> It sounded weird when I said it, but yes, no, it definitely, because like you want somebody to see that next, you know, tweet or Instagram post about some other beer, you know, that you may be interested in sure. and therefore gets that recidivism of, you know, that social media can bring to your company or your brand mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, I mean, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, uh, it's like a, it's, it's, it's another like simple marketing, you know, avenue that, that it's people a smart can one to fucking use though. Just give people like a little bit of your product. One, somebody gets your product Two, you get a ton of engagement. So that means like you just get boosted higher up in, you know, invisible charts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it think of all the people that strictly vlog only products that they get literally just gifted. Like, here you go. Here's our $200 headset review it and like what <laughs> yeah you know, and you can keep the headset <laughs> and you're like you're boosting that company and yourself it's like it all works together and now we're talking about the good things of social media right now we're, we're not talking about the bad stuff i personally enjoyed though um i personally enjoyed the three guys that they had like behind the controls that were like super cheesy. They were like, oh, Jake is uh Jake is no longer on our platform. What can we do? Oh, let's get uh let's get Katie to interact oh, with the like, photo. Like, like the algorithm guys. Yeah, the algorithm yeah. guys. That was super cheesy, but so true. Like the way that I mean, I I'm not saying there's there's people actually doing what they do in the documentary. Like, I'm not no, saying it's, that. it's a big ass computer. But the algorithm literally does act that way. Like, mm -hmm. I guess it's a little harder for people to understand that, like, haven't done any sort of, like, programming before. But the way that these things are coded, I mean, it's literally a form of AI. Like, the AI will see your engagements on whatever platform and determine what to show you next. Like, it's it's crazy. And they they're they're coded the way to keep you locked in as long as possible every day it's wild yeah um it's wild. that's one of the points that i have written on here i have one more before that one though so okay. the other one i wanted to talk about was they consider like phones in this in this documentary um they consider phones and technology to be like a, a digital pacifier and it mm. kind of it lets us circumvent feeling awkward or uncomfortable, or I'm definitely guilty of this. Like, let's say you go somewhere and you have to wait in a line, like at the grocery store to buy your groceries. Instead of just like standing there looking around, maybe making awkward eye contact, you pull out your phone. You pull I out your phone, time. you look at it, you're at a red light, you pull out your phone. Like anytime there's a lack of stimulus pretty much, or you're not actively doing anything, people, pull out their phones. Yes. Uh, I think that I've convinced myself that I am doing it to intake and learn, but there are definitely times where I'm just like mindlessly scrolling through Facebook as well. 
So yeah, I have caught myself and I call it like a triangle because there's only like three apps that I use and I'll go to Instagram. I'll look around a little bit, see if anything happened. Oh, that didn't work. All right, let's go to Twitter. Let's scroll a little bit, see if there's anything cool. Oh, that didn't work. All right, let's check discord. And then I'll just keep going in this little triangle until like the waiting period of whatever I'm doing IRL is over. Right, right. See, I've, I like try to force myself to use more apps like Reddit so I can learn something at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but you again, there's times where like you don't learn anything. <laughs> I mean, you could still scroll Reddit and be mindless as fuck and get sucked down some wormhole of information that you don't care about. Like <laughs> it's going to be wiped from your brain as soon as you're done reading. Um, so, yeah, I. I God, though, like, do you think it, you're not as good at dealing with those those waiting periods um, because you have a phone? Well, what's interesting between you and I, at least like our generations, right? Like you grew up pretty much with a with a phone and with social media for the most part, um, where my generation still had some amount of years mm-hmm. where we grew up with you know, a landline telephone and come back home at, you know, set amount of time. Like we didn't have all of this like crazy information at our fingertips all the time, but having a phone, even as like a late teen or like early adult, you still get like sucked into that. Like the, like avoiding, avoiding that awkwardness, you know, like how did I, how did I avoid that awkwardness before stare at the floor? I guess play with my shoelace, I guess. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird thing growing up because so my biological mom, um, was very against the tech boom. She was Mm. very old school, heal yourself with herbs, like naturopath all the way. So we didn't, we didn't have a computer, a phone, a microwave. We had no technology in our house. First Mm. time I had a TV in my house was when I was 17. Um, The only reason I had a cell phone was because I went to Target and I bought like one of those $10 Virgin mobile phones that you filled up with cards from the gas station. Yeah. Um, And she kept finding them and taking them. So I went through like 17 phones, like super quick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I made like a MySpace, I think like once or twice, and she found them because she had one and she could find me. Damn. Um, <laughs> so I really didn't have it. My younger sibling did because we're like six years apart. Okay. Um, so they had tech growing up, and I feel like they're really influenced by it for sure. And it's hard not to be like when it's, yeah. it's like what you know. Yeah. I was floored by the amount of people in the documentary that were saying that, and I mean, these are like people that are in the tech, right? They're like, they or, or at least were at one point in time, like very like pioneers involved. in it. Yes. And that said, my kids will not have social media until they are adults. Literally like the 18 year old rule. Like you can't smoke cigarettes until you're 18 and you can't vote. But Dude, like when they brought up those statistics about like, like how yes. girls view themselves um, because of like the unrealistic beauty standards and how much you can edit yourself and like targeted ads and all this shit. Yes. And like the amount of suicides in, in, you know, um, 
girls going through puberty essentially is insane, but particularly like tweens, you know, like real young ones, like mm -hmm. the fact that suicide had doubled in the last 10 years. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Just because like they're on social media. That's horrible. So yeah, it, I, I would probably put up the same restriction. I think that after seeing the documentary, like I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't know. Like it's, I can see how easily sucked in I was at one point in time. And like, I can only imagine that amplified at such an early age. I would consider myself and my generation lucky to not have things like that. Like the most that we were concerned about was like getting busted by the cops for smoking weed behind somebody's house. Like, you know? Yeah. Dude, I remember when like, like AIM became super popular and there were like random rooms full of people that you could join and talk to random people. Do you remember oh like the God. term like ASL? Yeah. No. Yeah. I like, I can only imagine how many predators got away with the online stuff when it oh, first God. came about. Do you ever see the movie Hard Candy? It is one of my favorite fucking movies. I don't think so. It is with a super young Ellen Page. Okay. And spoilers, guys, but this movie's been out for like 20 fucking years. <laughs> um, so she um, met up with someone that she met in an online chat room because they like pretended to be interested in like the same things that she was into. And she got there and he was a predator um but i mean this movie's like super fucked up but this same person had like kidnapped like her friend and he didn't know that um and oh. like she 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 ended up being killed and so she found that guy and like pretended he uh that she didn't know him and she ended up like murdering him in his kitchen it was wild oh shit okay yeah dude she like like castrated him and then like played mind games with him got him to like jump off of his roof like it was fucking wild but yeah i remember watching that movie when i was like 15 and i was like oh shit i should stay out of aim chat <laughs> yeah yeah but i think also like i because i keep feeling like we kind of have this like duality thing going on for this episode but like mm -hmm. aim also helped me as like more of a shy kid like sort of connect and talk with people in my class that like I maybe wouldn't have talked to in real that's, life. That's a good point. That's how Twitch is for me because like if I'm in a room full of like 15 people, I have a really hard time talking to people. Like unless there's like alcohol or like some kind of social lubrication, I have a really hard time. But see, yeah, I find that hard to believe, but with the alcohol thing, yes, I I see like I can see that. Yeah, it's social lubricant, you know? <laughs> it, it is. It just it takes like the the self-doubt out of it, you know. It's uh it's yes. called liquid courage for a reason. Yes. <laughs> um, but with with Twitch, like me just popping into a random room saying hello, maybe I like recognize somebody else's username, you know, it's it's just really nice to like get that social interaction without having to deal with like the in-person aspect of it yes yeah it, it takes that weirdness away and i i don't know i mean it's it's helped me i think in some ways I, I know that sounds weird but yeah i think i think it helped me ultimately um i would agree 
and for me <laughs> yeah 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 i mean and also like twitch is maybe sort of like a platform that doesn't really belong in the conversation i mean obviously we've we did an episode about the the pre-roll ads and stuff like that and like Thank God I'm that sure, changed. yeah and i'm sure there's some targeting that's involved with that but i mean i think twitch is like pretty pure because you obviously get like the live aspect of it mm -hmm. um, so yeah uh another thing that like really struck me was them touching on myanmar uh that country that basically so ba so they would they would give you phones right in myanmar when you bought a phone and they would give you a phone with facebook being like one of the only apps preloaded onto it okay but myanmar's government was basically spreading misinformation via facebook to yes. incite a fucking basically civil war yeah um that shit is actually more common than you think if i remember i'll link the episode below um but it is a podcast that touches on how countries will use that same type of warfare with with literally with other countries that they are hostile with it's it's actually crazy like even back in world war one and two they would drop pamphlets paper pamphlets from airplanes and they would contain certain propaganda about you know whatever that government wanted the people to believe that's so, so like 1984 georgia orwell type shit oh yeah yeah but just imagine that in the digital age now like yeah they just like throw up a couple like posts and you're like oh my god and it like yeah. it makes you feel bad yeah exactly and before you know it you have like the majority of a country feeling a certain type of way and um I have a hard time not using the word manipulation when it comes to that. 100%, 100%. And and not to go down like the political rabbit hole, but I feel like there's a lot of manipulation going on with that and social media. And I mean, we could do a whole entire episode about that, I think. <laughs> or at least I could like I could I could do most of the speaking for for uh for for one like that. But I mean, there's there's no doubt that there is well, it's been proven already, if you guys don't know, that Russia did interfere with yes. our last election. Like, that is real shit. Uh, there's another episode as well of, uh, it's, it was a Joe Rogan podcast. He had on this uh, this cool lady from the Internet Research Agency that talks about the same type of things. Um, but th you guys can listen to those episodes and see how the rabbit hole starts. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, of course, watching, watching the... Uh, the documentary you'll you'll understand it as well um i think they did a really good job of of laying everything out but there's other there's other avenues you know to to explore and to understand about what's going on um and is there anything else on your list by the way there's a couple things but okay. i i wrote down more than maybe we needed I was just going to say, uh, before we wrap up, like, I kind of wanted to get your take on, like, what can you do differently to change your social media experience? Because they also asked that in the documentary as well. Yeah. So. And I remember, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a hell of a character. He had, like, the super long dreadlocks and, yes. like, the little, like, goatee, those pointy. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing that he talked about, like how you can change the algorithm for you 
is do not click on things that are recommended to you. So like if you go right. on to uh, YouTube and you say, and you see this like stream that everybody else does of recommended videos, don't click those ones. Don't click those ones. Type in something that you want to see or look for something elsewhere. If you click on those recommended ones, it learns your method of thinking and then further recommends. And that's how you fall down these holes. So I'm going to actively not click on recommended things because you'll see it everywhere. You'll see it when you Google search, you'll see it on Twitch, you'll see it on YouTube, you'll see it everywhere, like recommended. I mean, there's Facebook too, right? Like recommended friends or recommended whatever's. Yeah. And I think, like, I truthfully think that's how people like go down like conspiracy theory rabbit holes. And then Absolutely. they're all of a sudden, all of a sudden they're like, they're barricaded in their house with a bunch of weapons and their tinfoil hats and food on and yeah. trust the government, you know, like, Oh shit. You know, I mean, these are not real things. People <laughs> like you need oh. a healthy level of skepticism in your life, but that's a little too far. Well said, well said. Um, <laughs> for me personally, I think that if you do listen to this episode, if you do watch the documentary, if you listen to the couple episodes that I'm going to link, um, use social media as a tool, as a tool. So not like, a if you, yes, not a pacifier. Um, if you need to learn how to do something to your house, uh, YouTube it, you know, feel free to Google it. Um, you know, if you if you want to only engage on Facebook and see your your friends' kids' pictures or whatever, or your grandma's birthday cake posted on on Facebook, that's great. You have the ability to snooze and unfollow people or just unfriend people that are, you know, posting content that is trash. Oh, <laughs> dude, big thing that helped me out with a lot of um being tied to my phone was i muted like 99% of the notifications that yep. pop up on my home screen or that make a noise at all because yes. i was noticing anytime anything happened on my phone regardless of if, if it was important um like let's say i got an email and the email was like 30% off at michaels coupon galore whatever yeah not that I would ever open or look at that email, but the fact that it happened got me to pick up my phone and then I check other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me that happened in a, in an unintentional way. So I had this really crappy phone at one point in time mm -hmm. and it was so shitty that I turned off all the push notifications mm. so that it wouldn't drain the battery from getting notification after notification. Gotcha. And I noticed that it inadvertently made me use my phone less because I was not just constantly like, oh, shit, what's this? What's that? Like, you because all these apps are like sending you so many notifications now. Yeah. Um, so just Google your phone and Google, you know, turn off push notifications. Thank me later. And your battery on your phone will also thank you. So it's a yeah. win-win. There's very few apps that I have notify me at all. And the ones that do, um, I have like the sound turned off. So maybe the yeah. phone will light up, but nothing like audible happens. Yeah. The only thing that makes noise on my phone is my alarms. And then I have my phone calls set to vibrate and that's it. Everything else is completely silent. 
and I haven't lived a better life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I was noticing that it was just it was getting too much, and it's easy to to get sucked back into it. And I was starting to feel like I was missing out on things happening around me because I was on my phone. And like, you'll see it in the social dilemma, like that kid was missing, you know, soccer practice and talking to his family and like all this shit because he's just sucked in to whatever content he's being spoon fed. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen? Like you'll be looking at your phone and someone will be like, oh my God. And you'll be like, what? And be like, oh, sorry, you missed it. Oh yeah. Even if it's like something totally innocent, uh, like yeah. I'm responding to an email from my uncle or something about something important, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh my bad, you know, like it, that shit happens. But of course it's going to happen on a larger scale if you're just always. Yeah. I think like the most depressing thing is seeing younger kids like all out to eat at Applebee's and they're all sitting around the table with their fucking phones out and not even conversing with each other like that to me is American depression at its finest. I feel bad when I see, like I get it and I don't have kids, you know, as a preface, but I feel bad when I see like a kid with like a tablet at the table because like they don't want to deal with the level of stimulus that that kid needs in yeah. order to not like throw a fit or throw mac and cheese on the floor or whatever, you know? So they just like give them a tablet to like dick around on. But it's easy, you know. I mean, it's like that's the thing. It's so easy. Just here, look at yeah. the bright colors, buttons. There you go. Yeah, YouTube kids. Here you go. And then you're down a rabbit hole that goes to like pedophile YouTube videos, which is like a whole nother conversation. Oh, God, just just Google it. It it seriously. That's like a it's it's sort of like a conspiracy. Isn't that why YouTube kids is exist now. There's supposed to be like walls around that. Yes, like there's. It's basically a container now. Yeah, but like that's also why they like put in. I'm sure like you've seen it when you've uploaded a YouTube video, like, is this content made for kids? And if you click yeah. yes, they like thoroughly vet the video because there was like some weird, like, I don't know, just Google it, guys. You'll see. You can go without a whole rabbit hole about that shit. So um, it's nice that there is some kind of regulation, at least with that, because they were talking about um, how there's like so much of the Internet is completely unregulated. Like you can yes. see anything whether it's fake news or horrible or predatory or whatever like it could just happen you just you don't yeah. know there's the whole argument you know of like uh the deplatforming of people off of cer certain social you know social media platforms especially twitter um oh god or even I, twitch yeah or twitch um uh, you know it's like unfortunately these people that own the company have the right to do whatever they want with their company. Like sure. it's, it's no different than like refusing service at like a, if you owned a bakery, right? Yeah. Like it's the same, same thing. But also there's the argument that like Twitter has like Twitter and other social platforms have elevated so much and they've been ingrained so much into our society that they're almost like these digital town squares where there's somebody up on their platform, you know, in like the olden days talking about, you know, t taxation or something. It's basically um, like tribalism. Like people are making these like sub segments that they feel like encompassed in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to feel like you're part of that whenever these, these, these ways of contact are so instantaneous. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly a, a a good debate to 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 see 
Um, I see both sides of it. I do. But I think ultimately, like, yes, companies do have the right to do what they want if they do want somebody deplatformed. But where's the regulation for the people that continue to be on the platform, right? Because there's some people that arguably, like, should be deplatformed and they're not. Um, and if they do have regulation, they follow it loosely, right? Like mm-hmm. we've, we've ran into that with Twitch, right? Like we've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, where, where do we draw the line? You know, where do, where do we allow the federal government to start regulating these private companies? Like it's, it's Even a weird it's not the it's government. A, I feel like the company itself should have more of an ethical responsibility that their consumer or customer or product, as the documentary calls it. Yes, let's um, be real. It we're products. Has a say in, in like what we see and do and experience on said platforms, you know? Yes. Um, there's like the whole like roundabout argument of okay well if you don't like this platform go start your own platform okay i'm my name is Ray. argument well like here's the thing my name is ray i'm gonna start x platform right and then i'm gonna get all these other people on my platform and now i have to worry about how i'm gonna pay for server space and bandwidth and whatever else is involved with running a social media platform how am I going to do that? Oh, advertisements. And now we're back at square one, right? Like it's a whole, like, I mean, the thing is people, it's will a whole say vicious that, cycle. People will you know? say that with any platform, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, you don't like streaming on Twitch, go stream somewhere else. Well, it's not about not liking the platform. It's about not liking a choice or a feature or a company policy. And as people who are choosing to spend their time or their money, in and on this platform, you should have a say on how they choose to operate because without you, they don't operate. So it's, it's not like, oh, I don't like that. Let's leave. It's like, no, let's create a positive change. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> but like the thing that like really is the is the Achilles heel to all of that is all of the shareholders that don't care. They just want their money and they're at, you know, the people that are at these companies are at the will of those shareholders. And there's the, there's the dilemma. (laughs) So it's easy to feel hopeless sometimes, but the little note that I made at the bottom of my list um, regarding social media in general is don't feel bad for falling for it, but be aware that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it as a tool and not as an, like, a I, don't, I don't know. Pile. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I guess that's better. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, um, I think we could definitely talk about this longer. <laughs> We're already at an hour. So <laughs> please go watch this documentary. Yeah, seriously. And the couple links that I provided to, uh, to a couple different podcasts, they're really intriguing. I would agree. Well, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, be, be safe, be healthy out there on the social medias. <laughs> I believe in you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> g- Google things. Uh, oh yeah. I, I do want to add this. There was a person at the end that, you know, when preface with the question, uh, how do we change this? How do we help this? Um, get different, different viewpoints. Um, 
all the time. Yeah. Different, different uh, news platforms, different social media platforms. Um, make friends with people that share different cultures, share different viewpoints. Expand your um, brain. Exp- yes. Just look at things from uh, from a from a different higher up perspective than your little cosm you know of of whatever you're in and uh, yeah that's it nice well thank you guys so much for listening please go watch the social dilemma it is on netflix and it is amazing and it prompted this entire conversation um we do put out episodes every single wednesday so thank you so much for your time you can support us on patreon if you're so inclined it's only a dollar you can also follow us on twitter and give us any comments or suggestions on how you felt about this episode or ideas for future ones. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.